Get more from your store with Safeway's Fresh Pass program and enjoy more services like unlimited free delivery and all your grocery needs. More exclusive perks like 5% off every day on your favorite organic or open nature items across the stores and more rewards that never expire. Get Safeway's Fresh Pass to enjoy exclusive perks, unlimited free delivery, and more. You can start your 30-day free trial today. Visit Safeway.com slash Fresh Pass for program details. Service available in select areas. Safeway.com slash Fresh Pass. This podcast may discuss topics graphic in nature and possibly triggering to survivors. We value the safety and well-being of all of our listeners. So please practice personal discretion. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Paige. And I'm Natalie. We're the hosts of the Murder Diaries podcast. We bonded over tacos and true crime after we matched on Bumble BFF. You know, like any normal millennial using an app to meet new friends. Every Thursday, we upload a new episode. In each episode of The Murder Diaries, we tell true crime one story at a time. One week it's my turn, and the next week it's mine. You still think it's in my head, but I'm walking with the dead. An Alabama woman celebrates Halloween with friends, but never returns home. She's later found tied to a tree in the Talladega National Forest with her head detached from her body. What happened to Samantha Christine Payne? Here's her story. It's 9 a.m. on November 9th, 2015, when a squirrel hunter makes a grisly discovery in Alabama's Talladega Forest. He finds a mutilated and naked corpse tied to a tree in a thick wooded area a hundred yards off South Sandy Road. This is brutal. It's beyond brutal. And wait for the next part. The body's head was found approximately 14 feet from the tree. Wow. The squirrel hunter contacts law enforcement to report what he's found, and the authorities take action immediately. Everyone's shocked. This isn't something that happens here. And so they jump on it, and it's a good thing they did. Dr. Stephen Dutton, the local coroner, performs an autopsy, but the autopsy proves to be difficult because the majority of the victim's internal organs are missing. And without organs, Dr. Dutton isn't able to determine the cause or manner of the victim's death. Everything I'm hearing is just like... I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it just is like one more step brutal. One more step. Like, just how much can you violate a victim is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. This is a clear case of overkill. It also sounds really urban legendy too. And I don't say that to be insensitive. It's just like there's missing organs. We have a head over here. This is terrible. Absolutely. It's beyond terrifying and brutal and horrific, and not something anyone should ever have to go through. Now, back to the coroner's report. He does acknowledge that the circumstances of the discovery suggest that the victim had been murdered. So that's what they're going with. And it seems pretty reasonable that if a body is tied to a tree and it's been decapitated, it's not likely something that's been self-inflicted. That same day, Susie Payne files a police report stating that her 29-year-old daughter, Samantha Payne, has been missing for a little over a week. 
investigators start putting two and two together and they believe they may have an idea of who the victim is. And that's when they get a phone call from one of their brothers in blue. And it could be just the lead they need. This Hale County Sheriff's deputy tells investigators something strange. He said that on the morning of November 2nd, a week prior to the body's discovery, concerned citizens called police after seeing a suspicious vehicle on South Sandy Road, which if you remember, it's the same area that the remains were discovered, except there's no way for the deputy to know that at the time because it is a week prior to the discovery. The deputy reported to the scene and made contact with two individuals, Stephen George and 18-year-old Chili Bruce. These two were walking along the road after the vehicle they'd been driving ran out of gas, which is the vehicle that, you know, concerned citizens had called in saying it was abandoned. What the deputy did notice was that Michael and Chili were completely covered in blood. And of course, he found that suspicious. So he conducts a search. He finds meth on their persons and arrests them for possession. And at this point, neither of them have mentioned that Samantha or anyone else is in the forest and had been harmed. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency and people will need new skills. I'd like you to get some training. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Allergy season is just around the corner, and Brio, the innovative air purifier, can help. Brio quickly removes common allergens, including pollen and pet dander, and deep cleans without filter clogging, so it's more effective than HEPA. Brio's long-life filters save you money, too. Breathe easy this spring with Brio, the advanced air purifier that's ideal for every room in your home. And get 15% off Brio using code IHEART at BrioAirPurifier.com. That's code IHEART at B-R-I-O AirPurifier.com. But the deputy felt that the investigators should know about what he had seen the week prior. It's a good call. Yeah. I really give kudos to this guy because it seems like he was really thinking about his job and playing it safe. Investigators met up with Stephen and Chili and asked them, you know, about Samantha Payne. Do you know this woman? Do you know that we may have found her remains? And that's when they admit that they were involved in the ordeal leading up to Samantha's death. But they insist that they didn't kill her. In fact, they both said that 31-year-old Michael David Belcher was responsible for the murder. Okay, so now we have this third person, this third party that's somehow involved. But it doesn't sound like this third party is one of the people that they saw that had blood all over them. It was just Stephen and Chili. That's correct. But what they later find out is that the abandoned car Chili and Stephen had been walking away from belonged to Michael. So Tuscaloosa authorities end up charging Michael, Stephen, and Chili with capital murder. All three were held in the Tuscaloosa County Jail with no bond. And then a few days later, they charged two more people, 22-year-old Alyssa Watson and 34-year-old Marcus George. And I just want to throw this out. There are two people in this story with the last name George, Stephen George and Marcus George. None 
of the resources state whether or not they're related. So we don't know why they have the same last name. It happens sometimes, but just keep that in mind that there are two people with the same last name. Got it. I feel like that's especially important to lay out here because we basically have a clown car of perpetrators at this point. That's the perfect way to describe it. Now, these two additional suspects are charged with first-degree kidnapping and they're held on $60,000 bonds each. With that being said, what exactly happened to Samantha Payne and why did she endure such a gruesome death? Samantha Christine Payne was born on Thursday, October 30th, 1986 in Dallas County, Alabama. She was born to parents Roy Glenn Payne and Suzanne Reith Payne. She's one of four children. She has two brothers, Stephen Payne and Jonathan Payne and a sister named Katrina Payne. And Samantha has been described as one of the kindest people you'd ever meet. Unfortunately, she'd gotten caught up in the dark underworld of meth. And that connection resulted in her meeting these people that would eventually kill her. So we're going to back up a couple of days. And on October 30th, 2015, it's Samantha's 29th birthday. She's just left her parents' house telling her mom she's going to a Halloween party with some friends. But that would be the last time her mother ever saw Samantha alive because Samantha never returned from that Halloween party. Fast forward a couple days to November 1st through the 2nd. The dates are a little bit fluid in this time frame. It seems that whatever was going on took place within um, you know, the, a couple of days. So... We'll just keep that in mind. The whole thing began while Samantha, Michael, Stephen, and Marcus were all sitting around getting high on meth at a repair shop owned by Michael's dad in Bibb County. Now, Michael and Samantha at one point had been romantically involved, but they aren't any longer. And it doesn't seem to have gotten in the way of their friendship. At this point, they're smoking more and more meth. And Stephen gets the idea that they should steal the catalytic converter and battery from Samantha's car. He grabs her car keys out of her purse while she's using the bathroom, and then he drives her car out to a bridge where he removes the converter and battery from the car. But he's not done with the car just yet. He punctures the car's fuel tank and sets it on fire. Now you're probably thinking, well, what's Samantha? How does she feel about this? And it took her a really long time to realize that her car was missing. And I don't know if that's because they acted as if nothing happened. I don't know if it's because of the drugs. It could be all of the above. But whatever the case was, she didn't realize until a while later. And when she realized, she was angry. And who can blame her? I'd be pissed. What kind of friends would do something like this just because? And she tells them, you stole my car. And I'm going to call the police if you don't return it as soon as possible. And this is when people start getting a little suspicious. Michael, especially, he's actually been referred to as the ringleader of the group. And while he may not have had the idea to steal the converter and battery from Samantha's car, he does say that this girl is going to get us arrested for smoking drugs. And he doesn't want that to happen. So he needs to do something about it. At least this is how his mind's thinking at this point. As a result, Michael throws Samantha to the floor and begins to kick 
and punch her. Marcus says later on in one of the testimonies that Samantha was bleeding bad out of her face and she was pretty much begging them to stop at this point. But that wasn't going to stop because Michael's out of his mind. He's angry, he's on drugs, and he wants to put an end to this person that may get him sent to jail. So he stomps on her face and kicks her in the ribs and gets her to a point where she's unrecognizable. And that's when Michael and the others decide that the only way they're going to get out of this mess that they created is to kill Samantha. They tie her up, put her in the trunk of Michael's car, and drive her to Michael's home. Now Samantha's at Michael's house on Hayesop Church Road, and they continue to beat her. But they decide to once again move her to another place, a third location, if you will. And at this point, Samantha's restrained, but she's able to kick the trunk open. And Chili later testifies that Samantha fell out of the car twice while it was moving at 45 miles per hour. They also said that when she fell out, she was hurt and they put her back in and they would poke her with sticks to make, until she stopped making noise. This is just never ending. It's almost like Dante's Inferno when these people are put through these horrible things and it, it's seemingly for eternity. Yeah. Is that like the seven layers of hell that you're talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah. At this point, Michael is so frustrated with Samantha and her attempting to escape and just the fact that she seems to be holding on that he tells her, if you don't shut up, I'll kill you. So at this point, they arrive at the Talladega National Forest and it's here that she's tied to a tree. Her hands and feet were bound with a a cable and a shoestring and a belt. Again, she's enduring beatings and torture for hours. At one point, one of the women hits Samantha in the head with a pistol, but they don't stop there with their torture. The women end up pulling all of her fingernails off because they realize that she scratched Michael at one point and they were trying to get rid of any DNA evidence. That is, I'm feeling very triggered at the fingernails. That sounds like an extreme form of torture. Uh, they've gone to extreme cruelty. They, they are doing everything to make this woman's last moments as horrible as possible. And the fact that she is bound to this tree, getting her nails plucked out and being hit and can still tell these people, I love you. I forgive you. You don't have to do this. Let me go. It literally gives me chills. I have chills right now. And lest we forgot, these are her friends. Or they were supposed to be. Supposed to be her friends. And I guess it just shows that Samantha truly was one of the kindest people that you could ever meet. Yeah. I don't know if I could forgive someone for doing half of what they did to her, but she's there in the moment telling them, I forgive you. Now, after all this has been done, Stephen George gives Michael his knife. And according to his testimony, he leaves at this point. 
But Michael's still there with Stephen's knife in his hands. And he would later tell Chili that he killed Samantha by stabbing her multiple times. And while they're at trial, Marcus George testifies that he did watch it happen. Now that we know what happened on November 1st and 2nd, let's talk about how the police found out what happened. As you remember from the beginning of the story, the deputies get a call about this body being found in the in the woods. And then they get a call from one of their brothers in blue about this possible connection. And then everything starts rolling in. Well, now the police execute search warrants on Michael's home and car, and they find a ton of evidence that seems to corroborate what Chili has told them because it turns out that she flipped on them as quick as they gave her a deal. Specifically, they found clothes belonging to Samantha inside Michael's car. And they also found Samantha's car battery inside Michael's house. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away. Like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away. Like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Chili, as I mentioned, did cooperate with police and prosecutors. And as a result, she was able, she's able to participate in a program called the Alabama Therapeutic Education Facility. Her and Stephen George were eventually allowed to plead guilty to lesser charges in exchange for that testimony. She received 20 years with the eligibility of parole after five years. For the rest of the crew, Alyssa Watson and Marcus George denied any involvement and they actually turned down plea deals that would have meant lighter sentences for them. And they maintained their innocence throughout the trial. On top of that, their loved ones pleaded with the judge to be lenient in his sentencing, saying that Marcus George had young children and Alyssa Watson was expecting to give birth within the next month. And it it just infuriates me because how dare these people expect that they're entitled to leniency when they did so much cruelty to another human being, another person who thought that they were her friend. Yeah, you killed someone's child. We don't care that you have children that this is going to affect right now. Sorry, that's not taking precedence. You did the crime, you're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Stephen George ended up getting a plea deal, but it didn't do him much good because he got life in prison with the eligibility of parole only after 15 years. Now we're getting to Michael. Michael's trial has so much going on. And so Bear with me as I list everything because this man clearly had no remorse for what he did. 
Michael said that he was willing to plead guilty if he got the same deal as Stephen, but they said no. Prosecutors were resistant to that. They weren't going to even go there with Michael. They actually wanted to pursue the death penalty against Michael and would not offer or accept any plea bargains with him whatsoever. In fact, that was actually the first time this county pursued the death penalty in 10 years, which again shows how serious they felt about these people paying for what they did. Absolutely. Probably the most noteworthy part of Michael's trial for me is the fact that they used phone calls between Michael while he was incarcerated and his family members. They used that as evidence because apparently Michael was trying to get his family members on the outside to send letters to Chile, who was also in jail at the time. And these letters were requesting that Chile keep quiet about Samantha's murder. That is beyond uh, the audacity of this man. I, I have no words. This is ridiculous. He's still trying to control everything. Right. And that just further proves that he truly was the ringleader of this whole ordeal. I agree. I think it really shows you just how that inner circle was working. Exactly. Eventually, the jury and judge did send Michael to death row. And Susie Payne, Samantha's mom, said that she was satisfied with the sentence. And there's actually a quote of hers that says, it meant a lot to me. It really did. I feel like Sam is here. And every time they would look at us, them being the ones on trial, they would see her just smiling back at them. I think where she's at now, she's happy and she is smiling. And so justice was served. I think that that quote is so powerful and it really shows that the family is feeling like not only do they feel like it worked out for what they viewed and felt as justice, but that they felt like Samantha would feel vindicated as well. Mm -hmm. So... That's all we can hope for, for the loved ones that are left behind, if you ask me. I agree completely. That's where we'll leave this episode for this week. You know where to find us until the next episode at the Murder Diaries Pod on Instagram, at the Murder Diaries Pod at gmail.com, and the Murder Diaries Podcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It helps us keep the good content flowing. It definitely does. And until then, stay safe. Bye. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away. Like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.